0: You're listening to the Drive Forward Podcast. We're cruising through the latest in transportation to inspire a better tomorrow. Welcome to the 12th episode of the Drive Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Jankowski. Today, we're chatting with Michelle Hoven, the Federal Aviation Administration's Branch Manager of Airport Technology Research and Development. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Let's go ahead and dive on in. Why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about your role as branch manager of the Federal Aviation Administration's Airport Technology Research and Development?
1: OK, so thank you, Emily, for the question. And, you know, uh, um, I do appreciate the, um, you know, this opportunity to talk about what we do. So first, you know, to address your specific question, you know, my role, at you know, as um, uh, head of the Airport Technology Research Branch. I think I also need to define a little bit what we do. So the airport technology research branch at FAA, you know, is located in Southern New Jersey uh, at the FAA Technical Center. Uh, The Technical Center has over 3000 people. And uh, to give you the context, we have 24 federal employees and about 100 contractors working for us. But um, also what do we do? We actually do research for The uh, Office of Airports, Office of Airports in Washington D.C., Office of Airports in D.C., you know, managing something called the AIP Airport Improvement Program, and this is huge. That's a three point five billion dollar program every year. So, and we have one percent of the budget. Quite frankly, these numbers are public. I'm not disclosing anything that's secret. Our budget is like thirty nine million dollars. So. Research for us is 1% of the AIP program. And the AIP program basically uh, provides money to all airports across the nation, infrastructure, payment, safety. So we do the research you know, for uh, for the AIP program. My role is that I'm the lead of basically a technical program okay, called the Airport Technology Research you know, Program. So uh, my role, like I said, I'm the lead of this technical program and um, it has two main parts it's airport safety airport safety i repeat and airport infrastructure so everything on the ground Um, it's highly technical it's all the research internal internal to fa and to educate people who don't fully understand what the people like me do you know within a government agency i need to expand a little bit besides the technical side Uh, Because, you know, I grew up as an engineer, I have three degrees in engineering. uh, But my role is not so much engineering these days. Uh, Besides leading the technical aspect, I also have to defend the program to appropriations, you know, uh, various appropriation committees uh, within the FAA, within the DOT and to the Congress. Okay. So um, that's part of my big role, defend the $39 million that we get. And what do we do with the money? And quite frankly, that's, that's a lot of my work. Uh, besides that, on a day-to-day basis, I work with industry. I work with something called Airport Council International. Um, I work with Boeing. I work with Airbus. We have various international engagements. Um, I also work a lot with universities. Um, you know, uh, I work with... Um, we have graduates from University, from university of Illinois. Uh, but I work with, you know, um, universities in uh, California. I work with the University of Massachusetts. So it's, uh, it's very varied what I do. My job is never ever boring. One last thing that I need to describe about the role is that uh, I'm always looking for the best people. So I'm involved in recruiting the best people we can, you know, with the, within our federal, you know, um, uh, roster. And also I get involved with getting the best contractors that work for us. So although I grew up as an engineer, my role is extremely diverse. I lead a technical program, defend the budget, and get the best people, you know, to act upon it on a day-to-day basis. So for someone, you know, uh, who might be like a young engineer, you know, graduating from university, um, yes, you know, 25, 30 years down the road, that could be in your future.
0: Fantastic. Well, I like what you said about uh, basically what you're doing is a lot of work on the ground. I think a lot of people mistake that side of the FAA as well, right? Like smart vehicles, we also need smart infrastructures. So tell me a little bit about how the FAA is addressing the idea of smart airports. I know those are certainly on the path for our future.
1: Okay, so that's, a, that's another area we get involved. So having described what I do and what my people do, everybody is taken off and landing from an airport. I assume everybody's, you know, has done that, or at least 95% of the people on this, you know, listen to this podcast would have done so. So, you know, as the air, airplane, you know, move around the airport, okay, you see the pavement, you see the grass, you see the light, we do all that, but it's changing. Uh, maybe people have heard of what's called smart cities or smart everything. I think the future is taking shape for something different and it's called smart airports. So the idea of smart airports is, has to do with you as a passenger should be able to get an airport and it's, um, it's a seamless, basically, right? Uh, you, know, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about the weather. You shouldn't have to worry about whether, whether or not everything is late, you know, with uh, the, uh, the iPhone and the technology that has been around for about you know, now you know, 13 years since 2007 has changed the way we handle our information. It should be the same with you as a passenger to an airport it should be so seamless you should be able to get to the airport you know go to your gate um, all your bags are taken you know care of and get on your plane not having to wait and wait and wait that's the overall concept of smart airports again three things that we care we care a lot we do care a lot is efficiency has to be efficient it has to be have the capacity. Those airports have to be big enough to handle the volume of passengers and mostly it has to be safe. So um, smart airports like smart everything are around the corner where information about everything is provided in a comprehensive way but that comes to you as a passenger and is totally seamless and makes your trip very pleasurable. That's what we're aiming for. Uh, it's not here yet, but you know, I predict it's, you'll um, be here within the next 10 years. That's fantastic. Well,
0: speaking of futuristic concepts, urban air mobility certainly shows the potential for urban transportation, where we're moving people through the air and similar to small air buses, kind of like we are we doing on the ground? How are you exploring this potential form of transit? And maybe even share what you think that may look like on the ground and those constant frequent
1: trips. So um, there's something new on the horizon. It's not that new, but it is new right now, more or less, it's urban air mobility. What does that mean? That means that uh, the future of urban transportation is, is totally upon us and it's totally different from what we've been experiencing the last 30 to 45 years, quite frankly. Uh, you know, some of you might be pilots. You take a little GA plane and you fly a little Cessna from here and there. That's one way. Or you go and fly commercial. You go to the airport and that just described the concept of smart airports, but basically you got you get into a, a, a bigger airplane that you have no control you know, over. Urban air mobility is that. Well, what's in between? Uh, what's in between is that maybe there could be little pods, you know, that you know individual people could get on, right, and they could go from point A to point B. Uh, this is new. Uh, industry is very engaging to this. Uh, we work with NASA on this also in terms of futuristic concepts. But you know, the future is ours, and it's going to change so much. So, whatever you can dream of we are kind of looking at it. So let me take an example. Instead of you going to an airport and boarding a plane, it could be that you have a a little pod that comes to your house, takes you and takes you somewhere else. If it's like originally, or if you want to go from the East Coast to the West Coast, you might still still have to go from that little pod to a bigger airplane. But the way passengers are delivered across, you know, their space might be totally, totally different. Or you can have small buses. Again, uh, this is really these are new concepts. However, I believe this is going to happen within the next twenty years. It's going to change. The other thing is electrification of 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 airborne, urban air mobility. You know pods. And I, I focus on the word pods, uh, but you know doesn't have to be jet fuel. You know it could be electrified. So what we do us, and especially in my branch, we're looking at providing the right infrastructure for whatever urban air mobility is going to throw at us. Other parts of FAA are looking at, you know, the, um, what's happening in the airspace, but we're focused solely on what's infrastructure on the ground, you know, that, that will provide support for that. Uh, but again, you know, it's changing all the time. So we stay engaged. And um, this is very, very exciting, quite frankly.
0: Absolutely. I think it could definitely be of huge use, right? I think here in the heartland, right? I think some of the closest cities to us that would be necessary to Chicago, St. Louis, you know, they're on the East Coast. Maybe you're talking DC or New York City. So that's really exciting to hear how we could potentially be traveling in the future. Um, speaking of futuristic ideas like that, you know, we've heard of companies like Amazon testing drones for last mile of delivery. I know the FAA is using drones a little bit differently in helping over see pavement inspection tell me a little bit about how the faa is putting drones to work to improve safety
1: all right so we'll look at drones i mean that, that's that's not a technical term but i think that's a term that everybody can understand we call that uas but let's let's use the term drones uh, drones are basically where you know uh, it's like a small urban air mobility <laughs> pod where but where there's no people okay in there it's a drone right and so uh you know uh, this is new again you know it's not new, brand new but it's, uh, it's new the last 10 years, definitely, in terms of gaining momentum and, and look at what we need to do, we FA. We look at safety. How can these drones be integrated, you know, within the airspace and fly around the airport, into airport, out of airports in a safe manner? Safety is still our number one driver. That is definitely a big deal. Now, uh, the drones are coming, they're already here. Uh, so I can talk about what we do, uh, uh, around airports, number one, we're making sure that don't we don't have what uh, adverse drones, uh, drones that basically want to take an airplane down. So I just want to mention that we're looking at that, um, and I cannot say more than that. But uh, we're also looking at the positive impact of drones. So um, for anyone who has been to an airport and has walked on a, an airport pavement, it's 10,000 feet, okay, two miles. This is very, very far to walk. So right now. Pavement inspection is done basically on foot, right? Uh, where you look at pavement. So the idea of using drones, you know, to go up and down the runway, um, that's a very appealing, you know, idea. And we're working on that. So we're working with uh, several universities and also companies where we're looking at how can we use drones to do pavement inspection. That's one of the uh, areas we're looking at. But we're looking at more. I can mention another one that's very critical to us it's uh, obstruction analysis. For those people who live where there's a lot of woods, trees tend to grow fast and at the end of runways, especially at uh, general aviation airports, those trees become a, a serious hazard to small planes. So we do what's called obstruction analysis, where we go to the end of runway and we try to map, you know, how, uh, you know, how tall the trees have grown so that basically we can mitigate, you know, those risks. Uh, well, drones, again, are a very good, you know, uh, uh, piece of tool that we can use to do three-dimensional uh, obstruction analysis. We have another one that I would like to mention is situational awareness at airports. So whenever you have an accident, uh, you know, the um, the ARF people, you know, aircraft, you know, um, the firefighting people have basically to intervene very, very fast within 90 seconds to the place of the accident. You know, an airplane, you know, that collided with something else or whatever, right? Well, usually it's on the ground. Now we're looking at using those drones up in the air to provide ideal situational awareness to the responding team so that they can quickly act and go to to the incident in in question. So um, those, I just mentioned three examples and we have plenty more, but basically drones are here, they're coming, uh, it's like electric cars, uh, You know, they're kind of here without being here, but you know they'll be here. Um, So drones are coming and we're taking care of them.
0: That's fantastic. It kind of sounds like they're a second pair of eyes for you guys, especially neat to hear about how they're helping at the end of the runway and situations that may change over time, as well as the emergency response that they might be able to provide. It reminds me a little bit of the construction uh, process that industry is using now to monitor construction sites and builds and checking things out. So certainly of use for a lot of different areas of engineering. That's fantastic. Well, one more question for you. What do you hope your legacy is at the Federal Aviation Administration?
1: Well, my legacy is, is actually um, because, you know, I'm I'm, I'm no uh, spring chicken anymore. Uh, my legacy is that, you know, I know that we've grown the program. I've grown the program. Uh, my legacy is that, you know, we have a core of people, highly dedicated federal employees supported by contractors that uh, they, I wouldn't say they work for fun, but it's not a chore for them to work. Uh, my legacy is that I've created a great environment, you know, for technical people and non-technical people to come and work so that every day is they feel they make a big difference. Um, that's what I hope my legacy will be.
0: That's great. Thank you so much, Michelle. That's all I had for today. I hope I speak on behalf of all of our listeners and saying that we, we really appreciate all the work that you are doing, as well as all of the work that the Federal Aviation Administration is doing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and listeners. Thank you stay, for staying tuned in. The Drive Forward podcast is a production of Illinois Center for Transportation, a research center of the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. We invite you to subscribe to the Drive Forward podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. And while you're there, feel free to like or rate us. Thanks for listening. Keep the conversation rolling by using the hashtag DriveForward.